listening to the Bible 126 show. The world is changing. The world is changing. When sin was sin. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. We live in a world that has systematically eliminated the Creator and His Christ from every area of national, governmental, educational, social, scientific, and family life, and replaced it with a flawed system of rationalism and relative thinking. The vocabulary has been changed to accommodate evil practices and doctrines of devils. The word sin has virtually disappeared from modern conversation. Afraid of sounding judgmental, we call sin something else, a mistake, an addiction, a tendency, a bad decision, and ignore it as normal and natural behavior. I would go as far as saying that this is what the Bible was speaking of in 1 Timothy 4.1. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I honestly believe that this is the plan of these seducing spirits that are now in the world. They aim to water down the gospel message and remove words like sin out of the equations. Brothers and sisters, let us call a spade a spade. Let us call adultery adultery and not a moral failure. Brothers and sisters, let us all call fornication, fornication, and not liberation or exploration. Let us call sin, sin, and let us not accommodate sin in our lives. How can I know that seducing spirits are leading me astray? This right here is how you can know. When you start calling sin a different word than what it is. When you start labeling sin with a socially acceptable term. In the day we live in, one must be politically correct in mentioning sin. When sin is no longer called sin, it sets the stage for doctrines of devils to be entertained. These doctrines are properly described in the following scriptures, 2 Timothy 4, 3-5. The message, Bible version says, You are going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. Sin is anything that is incompatible with the Word of God and the will of God. Sin is not what society deems wrong, but what God has put in His Word as sin. This is so important for us to remember. The measuring stick for what is or isn't sin is not society or the culture you live in. We live in an age where the world and culture is dictated by seducing spirits, a culture that is contrary to the scriptures and the word of God. Now, for you to remain on the path of salvation, your reference point for sin should not be the world. It should not be your society. It should not be your church. Did you hear me? It should not be your church. It should not be your pastor. For you to remain on the path of salvation, your reference point for sin should be the word of God, the Holy Bible. The anchor for your life is the Word of God. If the Bible says it is a sin, it is a sin. Don't try sugarcoating it. Don't try dancing around the subject. God's Word is final. What God calls sin is sin. You and I cannot instruct God, our Maker, about the do's and don'ts. Scripture accordingly says, Romans 11.34 Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? 1 Corinthians 2.16 for who has known the mind of the Lord to instruct him? 
but we have the mind of Christ. The Bible speaks of the sovereignty of God in the following ways. Isaiah 40, 12-14 Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on a scale, and the hills with a balance? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or informed him as his counselor? Whom did he consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the paths of justice? Who imparted knowledge to him, and showed him the way of understanding? Job 21.22 Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judges those that are high? Job 36.22.23 Behold, God exalted by his power. Who teaches like him? When sin was sin, sinners would repent. This is based on the fear of God and not on secularism. The fear of God has been replaced by individualism when a man believes in no creator but themselves. When that happens, self-righteousness and selfishness take center stage. Sin is a universal problem that always results in spiritual death to those involved, according to Romans 3.23. You see, all have sinned, and all their futile attempts to reach God in his glory fail. When God's people, or people who claim to be God's people, are hypocrites, then God is the one who gets the bad name. Why? Do they not believe in sin anymore? How often do we say one thing and do another? How often have we set a standard for ourselves only to break it ourselves? The saying is true. We practice every day what we believe. All the rest is religious talk. Believers, you and I, must overcome being man-pleasers and stand for our belief according to Scripture. There's a lot of religious talk out there, a lot of smugness and self-satisfaction. But every day, people readily violate their consciences and the Lord's reasonable teachings. The Apostle Paul gives us an overview of sin, Romans 3, 10-18. According to the voice version, here's what Scripture says. No one is righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands the truth. No one is seeking after the one true God. All have turned away. Together they've become worthless. No one does good, not even one. What comes out of their mouths is foul as a rotting corpse. Their words stink of flattery. Viper venom hides beneath their lips. Their mouths are full of curses, lies, and oppression. Their feet race to violence and bloodshed. Destruction and trouble line the roads of their lives, and they've never taken the road to peace. You will never see the fear of God in their eyes. Do not be deceived by the spirit behind this saying that we're all sinners as a justification for sin. They say this, implying that since we all sin, we should not really be surprised or upset by the sin that surrounds us. May it never be. This is not what the Bible teaches. When sin was sin, sinners would repent. The Bible continually teaches the idea of a man being either a sinner or a saint. Christians err when they forget the significance of either of these words. Anytime a Christian finds sin in his life, it is always unacceptable, and it ought to grieve us. Let us not accept sin in our lives. Let us not give sin acceptable names so that we can live in sin. But listen to how serious Jesus told us to deal with sin. Matthew 5.30 And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Here, Jesus uses a figure of speech and did not speak literally. What Jesus is saying is deal swiftly and ruthlessly with sin. 
If there is any sin in your life, remove it. Sin is more than just wrong choices, bad decisions, and willful acts of disobedience that violate God's word and are contrary to his will. It is that and much more. All saints must know that sin is missing the mark or deliberately stepping over the line, but also know that sin has a power of its own. As strange as it may sound, sin seems to have a will of its own. Like an addiction, sin takes hold of us and causes us to act in ways we never wanted. The answer to all this is Jesus. The cross of Jesus deals finally and definitively with the dual reality of sin. Not only are we forgiven of our sins, our willful acts of disobedience, but we are also liberated from the power of sin. Modern acceptance of sin by today's society marked a turning point in the way our church is viewing sin. These worldly sins, both in the church and society, indicate a drift further away from the light of Jesus Christ. And all of this is being sponsored by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We must consistently stand against both those sins which we have grown familiar with and those sins that are a new frontier for our society. When sin was sin, sinners would repent. This was based on the fear of God. If you have sinned, repent. If you have sinned in your life, repent. God is forgiving. He will hear your cry. There's no such thing as a big sin or a little sin. Although different sins have different effects that all lead to end destination, Christians must be opposed to all sin, starting with the sin in our own lives. Those sins are what put Jesus on the cross, and anyone who would proclaim a message that ever downplays the consequence of sin should be noted. As strange as it may seem, some have even taken this universality of sin to try and justify or minimize sinful activity. This comes from a failure to understand that not all sins are treated the same regarding man's reaction or the impact they have in society. Christians must think carefully about our response to sin and constantly and consistently point this lost world and ourselves toward the only solution, the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8-10 For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The answer is in Jesus. Do not be afraid. Society now labels anyone who stands for God's truth as a bigot. Christ is the same, yesterday, today, and forever.